Welcome to the Stars Behind the Stars, which is the astrology behind celebrities. I'm your host, Penny Walters. I'm an astrologer and I'm going to use celebrity stories to demonstrate the real world manifestation of the astrology energy. Whether you're interested in astrology or celebrity stories, this podcast is for you. Louise Wilkinson is a keynote speaker, master of ceremonies, radio and podcast host and life coach. Louise is the host of The Juice on Newcastle Live Radio from 12 to 2 p.m. weekdays. The Juice is all about squeezing the most out of life, mind, body and soul. Louise explores relationships, mindfulness, productivity and current news with a little bit of fashion, beauty and gossip just for fun. Louise also works one-on-one with her clients inside The Hot Mess Life Coach, where she helps her clients find their mojo, define their goals, and rediscover their zest for life with both compassion and a little bit of tough love when it's called for. Whether you want to inspire your team with a compelling and powerful keynote, keep your guests entertained with an engaging and upbeat MC, or you'd like clarity on your life's purpose from someone who knows adversity and can relate, Louise is your girl. Welcome, Louise. Thanks so much for having me. Good to have you here. We're going to explore three questions from you today from an astrological perspective. They all ultimately drill down to universal themes, but you've got very specific questions that we're going to cover off. I'm going to find answers for these questions from that astrological perspective. I'm looking at what is called your birth chart. Your birth chart is a map of the heavens at the moment of your birth, and it is created through the following details, which are your date of birth, including the year your place of birth, as in the town or suburb, not the hospital. People like to give the hospital as their place of birth. I'm after the town or suburb and the time of birth, as in to the minute. So I need these three details in particular because that birth chart is a snapshot of the heavens at the moment of your birth. It's like you've taken a photo at that moment of birth. We need to know on what day, from what location and what moment, what minute in particular do we take that snapshot. And that creates your birth chart and your birth chart tells the story of your life. So everything that has happened in your life and will happen in your life is symbolized through the birth chart. Right. The symbols in the birth chart, the planets that we know so well, so we're looking at Mercury and Venus and things like that, they all have meaning from that astrological perspective. So when I talk about Venus or Saturn and Pluto and things like that, they are representative of a particular energy. So I'm going to share your three questions and then we'll get into it. First question, is the direction that you've decided on in your career the right one for both job satisfaction and prosperity. That's about career and money. Yes. Second question is getting married again on the cards, which is about love and romance, love and marriage. Yes. And the third question is what obstacles, both internal and external, do you need to be aware of to move forward with a full, balanced and happy life? So that's about happiness. We all want happiness. And we would love our listeners to provide feedback on the questions and discussions via social media using the hashtag, the stars behind the stars. Let's get into the first question. Is the direction you've decided on in your career the right one for both job satisfaction and prosperity? So let's look at your career and money situation. Okay. And it's quite interesting that you would ask about career as a Capricorn because Capricorn in astrology rules career. Absolutely. It's all about the career. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but you've also got, and again, this adds to the whole focus on career for you. Capricorn is ruled by the planet Saturn. And Saturn for you is right at the very top of your chart. So it's in a very prominent position. It's in the highest possible position. Right. And it's right up there sitting right on top of what we refer to as the midheaven, which is a particular section in the birth chart that does talk about Korea. So your planet representing Korea is on the part of your chart representing Korea. So for you, Korea is very, very important, but also Korea that puts you in a 
very public space as well. Yeah. It's not just having a career, not necessarily an office career as such. Yes. And there's nothing wrong with an office career, but for you, it has to be public in some way. And it's got to have that because Saturn is in the sign of Leo. Leo is about being creative. It's about show business. It's about being on stage. It's about being seen. It's about having your identity out there in the public arena. That's what comes through for you astrologically. That's going to be the case no matter what you do professionally, that you need to be public in some way. Yeah. Because you kind of find your identity in your career, in that public career. You may be giving a keynote presentation and the audience is getting a lot of value out of it, but you're getting a lot of value out of it as well because you are actually expressing your identity when you give that keynote presentation. Does that make sense it to you? It certainly does, 100%, yeah. 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 And being able to connect with people through my experiences is really powerful for me. And yeah, I mean, I've been on the stage since I was two through dancing and that sort of thing. So this is like another manifestation of that. And yeah, so it, it completely makes sense what you're saying. And I did have a little giggle to myself when you said it was in Leo, because Leo's like to show off. <laughs> well, that's the influence for you. That is the influence that comes through for you. So you've got what's called a Leo midheaven, so the midheaven representing career. So your career is Leo in nature. Yeah. It is about being that center of attention in your career. It is. Mm. That is what comes through for you astrologically. So the direction that you need in your career is to make sure that you are in that public space, being up on stage and showing who you are by being on stage. That's the career that makes the most sense for you. I don't think you could do an office job because you need to express who you are and you need to do it on a stage. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I don't shy away from admin. It's a, it's a necessary evil, but yeah, I do feel very at home on the stage and sharing with people. Absolutely. Yeah. Fantastic. You also have, I'll just say that, so we're born when you say that you're a Capricorn, that's because your star sign is Capricorn. That means you were born when the sun, S-U-N, was in Capricorn, but you're also born with the moon in Virgo. The moon is about what nourishes you. And in the sign of Virgo, it's actually about your work. You actually find your work to be really nourishing. Mm. Do you find that? Do you find that your work is really nourishing? 100%. I mean, even particularly with the, the radio gig, I meet so many incredible people who bring so many incredible ideas to me each and every day. And I feel so blessed to be able to challenge my thought patterns and that sort of thing each and every day. So yeah, I do. I find a lot of nourishment out of it. Yeah, fantastic. It just needs to be, I guess, that public sharing, that opportunity to stand up there on that stage. But even like a, a radio show, being in a radio studio, being in front of a microphone, that's being on a stage for you, mm. putting yourself out there. Now, you also do some work as a life coach as well. Is that right? That's right. Yes. That sort of came from, I was one of those people who, if someone had an issue, they would always come over and say, look, how do I navigate this? Which everyone's got that friend in their life. But I've noticed that over the past couple of years that I became absolutely obsessed with human behavior and how relationships worked. And I thought I can put these two skill sets together and help people. I call it the hot mess life coach because I don't believe that anybody needs a life coach when their life is together. And I think that as a life coach, you need to be relatable and need to be able to say, hey, you know what? I've screwed up big time in my life <laughs> and I can relate to what you're saying. I didn't learn it all out of a book. Yeah, absolutely. And I think for me, I'll just say as an astrology, I've had a very difficult traumatic path to say the least. And that's what attracted me to astrology. But I'm then able to share 
my experiences and help other people through the lens of astrology. And I think it's quite interesting what you're saying around other people have approached you to say, how do you navigate this? Because I can see astrologically that other people do approach you. I saw it more so as one-on-one relationships, as in partnerships, as in committed romantic partnerships. But it's also clients. People approach you. This is the thing. So you're quite lucky in that I don't think you need to actually go and look for clients as such. They approach you. Has that been the case? It has been, yeah. It's been quite a a successful foray into the life coaching. I guess there's that little bit of imposter syndrome whenever you start something new. And I think if we go in too confident with anything that we try for the first time, then we may trip over because we're still in the learning phase. But this has been a really positive thing for me and and people have got a lot out of it, which is fantastic. I love helping people. Yeah, absolutely. And I can see that your work is about healing people as well. It's about healing their self-worth. Yes, That's what I can see. But also when other people approach you about relationships, they're traumatized. Yes. Do you find that your clients are traumatized? Yes. So you've got, I'll just explain to you, there's a part of your chart that represents your one-on-one clients and it also represents your relationships, your marriage partner. You've got the energy of Taurus there. That's ruled by the planet of Venus. Okay. So Venus is on the other side of the chart. It's in the part of your chart representing you. So other people approach you. It's in the sign of Scorpio. Scorpio is about trauma. Mm. They're devastated. Their relationship is on their last legs or it's, it's dead essentially. Yeah. So they're going to you to find out how to approach this environment. So that's quite interesting. And has that been the case? They've come to you because their marriage or their relationship oh. is on the last legs and they're wanting some help around bringing it back to life. Does that fit? Yes. Yeah, it certainly does. Okay. Yeah. Now, in regards to, and it is quite interesting, I'll I'll just say, because you've got the very show busy side of things, but then you've also got the healing side of things coming through on your birth chart. So it's interesting that you do multiple things in your career, because that does seem to fit quite nicely for you, but they're also quite different. Yes. A radio show and a life coach are quite different things, but I guess what you're talking about in your radio show has an element of being a life coach, I guess, in a way. Certainly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we've talked about career. And there's also part of the chart that talks about your work, as in what you do in your day-to-day life, your job, so to speak. Yes. And you've got what's called Chiron there, which is the asteroid of healing. So Chiron is all about where you can experience pain, but then can go on to heal others. This to me says that you can work as a healer and you heal through educating people. You heal through educating them around their self-worth. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that hits home. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. In what way does that hit home for you? Well, I went through some fairly traumatic experiences, particularly in the last 10 years, and really had to dig deep to find myself. And from that, I guess that I really had to look at who I was and what my values were and what I like to do and that sort of thing to, to come step into myself and have that sense of self-worth. So I know what it's like to not have it and to be a bit lost. And I know what it's like to find it. So it, yeah, it really does make sense what you're saying is that because I've been there, I can show people how to get there. Yes, absolutely. That's exactly right. And your sun in Capricorn, by the way, is in the part of the chart that talks about your self-worth. So sun in Capricorn in what we call the second house can actually talk about you having a lack of self-worth. So that's a challenge for you to overcome in this lifetime. And you do that through having that public career. 
being on a stage and sharing who you are as a person. Right. That's how you address your self-worth issues. Okay. Is by having that microphone in front of you. Sure. Yeah. The direction that you decide on in your career for both job satisfaction and prosperity, certainly job satisfaction, I think if you're in front of a microphone, if you're on a stage, that very clearly I think is quite satisfying for you, but also healing people, healing their self-worth because you know what it's like to struggle around self-worth. I think that's also really satisfying for you. In regards to prosperity, you have such potential for making a lot of money. Right. Okay. The problem is, is that you may spend a lot of money as well. Yeah, that's a fair comment. <laughs> My father would definitely agree with you there. Yeah. Because <laughs> you've got Sagittarius, which represents abundance in the part of your child that talks about money, how you earn it, how you spend it. So you earn a lot, but you spend a lot as well. And you spend a lot every day. It's not like an occasional blowout. I think it's a daily thing that you'll spend a lot of money here. You'll spend a lot of money there. So that's coming through in your chart. But also I think there's a bit of pain for you around how much of your money goes to other people. Does that make sense? Yeah, certainly does. Yeah. So I am a single mum and my daughters are over 18 now. So they both have jobs and, and that sort of thing. They are not great with budgeting. So they get into trouble, I bail them out. There's also around, around staff that, you know, I have a large staff in another area of my business and that's challenging to see the money come in, but the majority of it goes out in wages. So yeah, it, that does make sense. Yes. I feel like I look after everybody else, but yeah, it's sort of like I'm not feathering my own nest pretty much. No, you're not. You're not at all. So the sixth part of your chart does talk about your employees. There's a lot of money going to employees and that is actually wounding you. It is. It's kind of like that is a real genuine wound for you, that money that goes to employees. Mm. You may need to address that to then to be able to heal your finances because yeah. this is the Chiron placements. So wherever you feel a wound, you can then address it and heal yourself in that area or heal other people in that area. Mm. But yeah, for you, there is so much money going out. Yes. On wages to employees that it is actually damaging you. And I think it also can damage your ability to get a mortgage as well, dare I say. Yes. Yep. For sure. You may need to address that around the prosperity area of this question is the amount of money going out to employees mm. to then get yourself better set up. So am I better to concentrate on stuff that is more dependent on myself rather than huge staff Allies, You have the ability through your own work to generate a lot of money. This is the thing. So you may not need the employees as much as what you may think you do. Right. Not that I want to put anyone out of a job here. That's certainly not my intention. <laughs> yeah. If my staff's listening to this, you're not getting sacked, turn up for your shift. <laughs> so this is the thing. Okay. Sun in Capricorn in the second house. So you can have this perception around it's kind of a poverty mindset thing with the sun and Capricorn in the second house. And that's a part of the issue, I think, is that there's a belief there around you're not meant to have a lot of money. Therefore, you pay a lot of money out to wages and you save your, your children when they get themselves into financial trouble because you believe that you're not meant to have a lot of money yourself. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. Yeah. And I have been told that before. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Interesting. So that is probably what you need to look at. But I think you need to look at your own resources, your personal talents, and tap into those more and not look so much at what the employees are doing 
but look at what you can do to generate that income. And you'll get the income. You will get the income through doing healing work, educating people, but also through being on stage and sharing your identity. Right. Okay. That answers my question then. Yeah. Don't be afraid to charge what you're worth because you may not understand what you're worth with that sun in Capricorn in the second house. You can see what your employees are worth. Yes. But you can't necessarily see what you're worth. That's true as well. Yeah. (laughs) That's what I think you need to be looking at and working on is recognising your own worth. And that's what you need to be putting out into the public space. That's what you need to be on a stage talking about, sharing your own personal talents and demonstrating your personal worth. That's where your earnings will improve and you will only get back what you put in. Put it out. Put it out into the world what it is that you have personally to share. Okay. And do it publicly. Share your identity because it's the Capricorn influence, but it's the Saturn in the sign of Leo. Leo is about identity. It all comes down to your, your personal perception, your identity. Yeah. So once that's sort of addressed, I think there's that opportunity for the earnings to be more beneficial for you. Yes. Yeah. No, I see what you're saying there. Yeah. Excellent. That's given me a lot of clarity on that. Yeah. Look, a couple of careers going on here. Share the identity, absolutely, but also address the self-worth. It's great that other people are coming to you and you're helping them around their self-worth, but you also need to heal yourself around the self-worth and capitalize on that. Yeah. Share that journey in that more public space. And that also taps into the healing element, that healing energy that I'm seeing in your birth chart where you work as a healer. Yeah. Because you can be a healer on a stage or on a podcast yeah, or on a radio show. <laughs> Got it. I love that. Thank you. I'll just very quickly say, I was just going to add, so you've got a nice Jupiter influence in the part of your sixth house, which just talk about your work. You'll be coming up to what's called a Jupiter return. Right. Have you ever heard of the Jupiter return? I haven't. I've heard of Saturn return. Yeah, I do understand the concept. I haven't heard Jupiter as a return specifically. Saturn return seems to be quite reasonably well known these days, but you also have a Jupiter return. You have a Venus return. Your sun return is your birthday. The sun returning to where it was at the time of your birth is your birthday. So you actually have a sun return every year. Right. But you have a Jupiter return every 12 years. It actually aligns with the Chinese astrology. Okay, right. Not that I know a lot about Chinese astrology by any means, but I am aware that our Jupiter return, which occurs every 12 years, aligns with the Chinese astrology. When we're having our Jupiter return, that's also our year in Chinese astrology. I know that firsthand, of course. So I'm having my Jupiter return right now. So every 12 years it happens, I'm having mine right now. We are in the year of the tiger. I am a tiger and I'm having my Jupiter return literally right now. I've launched my podcast during my Jupiter return. So you're having your Jupiter return in the sixth house, which is about your work and also your health. You're having that in March, 2023. So just to give you a heads up, there's a nice beneficial experience for you at around that time. That'll be your year essentially, but it plays out for you around your work. And also your health. Right. So just thought, you know, I'd I'd share that because it's nice to know that's coming up for you. Beautiful. Okay. Next question is, is getting married again on the cards? Which to me sounds like you've been married before and it has not worked out. True. Yes. So that does come through around marriage, I think was quite traumatic for you. But I'm going to say, and this might sound a bit odd, but I'm just going to say what I can see astrologically. What I can see is that 
what you experience during the breakdown of your marriage is connected to your purpose in this lifetime. Does that make sense? It could. Yes. It could. Okay. Yeah. Do you want to expand on that? Yeah. So it could be around helping people with addiction. Right. Okay. Mm. Interesting. So that was a very sort of traumatic end and had huge impacts for me. And going back to what you were saying about finances and that sort of thing as well. So that put me in a place of lack and yeah, but it was rooted in addiction. I can kind of see now that experience would equip me to be able to help other people who were either in the groups of addiction themselves or feeling the effects of people that were around them that did have addiction issues. Interesting. I'm just trying to see how that plays out for you because it's not overly clear astrologically that addiction is associated with your marriage breakdown as such. But I can see that it's the trauma around the marriage. So it's Venus and Scorpio. So Scorpio is about trauma, Mm -hmm. Venus being marriage. So it's the trauma around the marriage that's connected to your purpose in this lifetime. Mm. So I guess it could be about the addiction. It could have been about anything. It's the trauma attached to the experience. Mm. That's what's connected to your purpose. So we've got these placements astrologically that we call the South Node and the North Node. Right. They look like horseshoe type of symbols. Okay. The South Node is what we know that we bring in from a past lifetime that we're just very comfortable with. Yours is in Taurus. You're very comfortable with standing your ground. You're very comfortable with indulgences. And you're very comfortable being in a relationship. For you, you're not so comfortable around the trauma associated with marriage, but also the extremes within marriage, within relationships, the highs and lows that you go through. The challenge for you is around getting comfortable with those because this is the thing. You've got Venus in Scorpio, which is about you experiencing deaths and rebirths throughout your relationships, throughout any marriage that you might have. Mm. I wouldn't say that any marriage will be smooth sailing for you. I would say that there will be extreme ups and downs for you with any marriage that you are in. Mm. And that's something that you need to become comfortable with as opposed to if it gets really difficult and I don't know how difficult it was with your previous marriage. This is no judgment whatsoever Mm. at all. It's about becoming comfortable to push through whatever it might be. And you don't want someone around you that's got addiction issues by any means. That's not safe for you. Yeah. But yes, for you, it's about becoming more comfortable in that space when there are extreme experiences going on within your marriage or any one-on-one relationship. Mm. Becoming more comfortable with the trauma associated with relationships with marriage. But will you get married again? I don't see why you won't. You've actually got a lot of relationship triggers going on at the moment. Is there someone in your life at the moment? There is, yes. There certainly is. And not with us, but around us is extremely tumultuous at the moment. Okay. That's exactly the experience that you need to get comfortable with as much as we don't want to, because who wants to get comfortable with that? But that's what you're being asked to get comfortable with in this lifetime, stretching yourself across to be amongst that feeling, that experience and being okay with it. Yeah. Because it's not going to leave you. This is the thing. It's just something that's going to carry on in your life and for you, I guess, to not take it to heart as such and not have it impact your self-worth. Yeah. So relationship-wise, you've got multiple placements that suggest that there is a major relationship going on at the moment or one that's about to enter your life. So there's a predictive placement in astrology called progressions. It's not a very well-known predictive technique to the public, but very well-known within the astrology community. Progressions talks about Wherever the planets are on a particular day after you are born is equivalent to that many years after you are born. So, for example, 
wherever the planets were on the 10th day of your life, they are symbolic of the 10th year of your life. That's a progression. Right. It's a very weird concept, but it's also incredibly accurate. Mm. It's quite freaky watching it play out. So your progressed sun being who you are as a person, your identity is activating Venus representing marriage in your chart right now. Right. Literally right now. Okay. Not to put pressure on your partner. <laughs> I can see a partner-shaped silhouette in the wall as he's run straight through it. But no, <laughs> I'm just kidding. It, it's certainly significant. It was a little bit of a, I, I guess, with the trauma of the past marriage. I was younger when that broke up and I sort of thought, oh, I'll meet someone and I'll get married again and that sort of thing. And then as time went on, that sort of changed and I thought, well, maybe I won't and maybe I, I won't partner up again. That's sort of flipping my thinking. So that was why I asked the question, not necessarily because I'm pressuring anybody for a rock. It's been a long time since I've sort of thought along those lines of, of a we as opposed to an I. Yeah, absolutely. And this is the thing with your Venus in the sign of Scorpio, for you, it's relationships are all or nothing. Mm. So either you're in a relationship, so you're married or you're single sort of thing. You have those extremes around your relationships playing out. Either the relationship is committed or it's just not in existence. Yep. But yeah, your Venus is being activated at the moment. It's just coming into that placement right now. So over the next couple of years, that Venus placement representing relationships and marriage is being activated very, very strongly for you. Right. Which is nice, but in a few ways as well. And that North Node place, which is about your purpose in this lifetime, that's also being activated at the same time. So I think the next couple of years are going to be really important for you around what it is that you are here to do but also around your relationships, any kind of one-on-one -on -one relationship. I think they will go through a real death and rebirth. So there's sort of an end of one stage of a relationship and the beginning of the next stage of the relationship. That can equate to marriage. You've also got a very similar placement going on at the moment. So we talked about your progressed sun. So your sun progressing throughout your chart and triggering that Venus placement representing marriage. You've also got progressed Venus. So you were born with Venus in, you know, in Scorpio. It's progressed all the way through Sagittarius into Capricorn at the moment. And it is sitting right on top of your Mercury. So there's a decision that's getting made at the moment around relationships. Right. And it's a very similar placement, but not quite the same, but very similar as to when George Clooney got married. <laughs> when the commitment phobe got married. Okay, I got it. Thank you. Is your current partner a commitment phone? Look, he, he may be sort of has been described in the past like that, yeah. Interesting. <laughs> and was he a friend or did you meet him through a friend? Yeah, I actually met him. It's a very funny story. So I own a dance studio and I bought it from the founder who'd had it for 40 years. So there was a big legacy that sort of came with that. And he is her son. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yes. How interesting. It is interesting. And we just sort of clicked and both of us went, this is very inconvenient. He'd grown up in a dance school environment and was sort of over it. And I was like, this is ridiculous. This is my landlord's son. That's sort of how it came to be. And we fought it for a long time and he'd just come out of something pretty horrid and much more recently than I had. But yeah, everything's humming along very nicely. Some changes at the moment on, on the horizon with the amount of time that he has his daughter, that's going to be changing in the next little while. And definitely some challenges coming from that previous relationship across. We're touch wood navigating it pretty well. 
Yeah, good. I think there'll be conversations going on around the commitment of the relationship. And I hope the commitment phobe does get over his fear of relationships because relationships and marriage, one-on-one personal relationships are very, very, very strong for you at the moment. Right. But yeah, there is a very similar placement to the one that George Clooney had when he got married. That's pretty funny. <laughs> I did see marriage showing in George Clooney's chart and I didn't call it because I thought there's no way in the world he's going to get married. Like how ridiculous because you can only, you know, make predictions from your place of understanding. And I thought, no, there's no way in the world he's going to get married. And then he got married. <laughs> it's like, okay. Anyway, there's a similar place, but it's not exactly the same. But when I was looking at your chart, I went, oh, hang on, I've seen this before. Oh, okay. And I literally put up George Clooney's chart just to verify what it was that I'd seen previously. That's hilarious. <laughs> you can start calling your partner George. I will. I will. We're about to go out for dinner after this, so I will. He'll ask me how it went and I'll say, she said you were just like George Clooney. I'll just leave that with you. <laughs> <laughs> other parts of your chart around relationship is that you find value in your status and your status can be that of a wife status doesn't have to be a career thing it can be wife you find real value in having that status of being someone's wife mm. and that they're your husband as well that feeds into your self-worth is having that that status and you've got the progressed moon in the part of your chart representing relationships and the progressed moon talks about where your heart is at the moment so your heart is really in this relationship. Mm. I can see that quite clearly, which is lovely. Should the relationship progress, and there's a lot of relationship indicators. It's lovely for me to see when someone's going, okay, am I going to get married again? And I'm seeing all these marriage indicators coming up astrologically. That's really nice for me to see that because you, you don't want to look at the chart and go, yeah, there's nothing going on here. <laughs> but I can see there's things going on. So that's really nice for you. But I would just say that any marriage that you enter into, just expect there to be deaths and rebirths throughout. It's mm. not going to be smooth sailing. And whoever you're married to in the first year may not be who you're married to in the second year or the third year. That's just how your marriages will work. Right. Don't one day go to him, oh, you've changed so much. Just kind of expect that that's what's going to happen within the context of your marriage. Right. Yeah, I get that. And in regards to when a relationship can change. So you've got the planet of Uranus, which represents all things that change. If you want to create change in your life, you want Uranus hanging around. Well, actually, Uranus will change things how it wants to. That's going to uh, make contact with the part of your chart representing relationships and marriage in May 2023. Right. That's when I would expect that there would be some change around the relationship. Okay. No pressure on George Clooney. <laughs> Whatever your partner's real name is, we'll call him George Clooney now. Yeah. No pressure on George. Yep. And then, of course, you've got Jupiter, which is all about things being abundant and good luck. That's going to make contact with the same part of your child around relationships and marriage. That's going to make contact in about April 2024. So it's a great time to really expand a relationship right. after that. After Jupiter crosses what's called your descendant. In April of 2024, it's a great time for relationships for you. Okay. That's very helpful. I will. Yeah, I think it'll be a really nice time for the relationship that you're in. I like that. In regards to is getting married again on the cards, I see lots of really lovely indicators of a good relationship going on right now. There are marriage indicators going on for you right now. Okay. No pressure, but there are marriage indicators going on. So enjoy it and just enjoy the relationship. And understand that there is change coming. Right. Okay. And also understand that there there will always be deaths and rebirths and transformations throughout any marriage that you're in. Be prepared for it. Okay. Not, not let it upset you too much if things are going 
too far the wrong way, you can always bring it back. I believe you can always bring it back. Oh, and also at the moment you've got, so before Jupiter makes its way to the part of your chart that talks about marriage, it's currently moving through the part of your chart that talks about love and romance. Right. So it's expanding that part of your life right now. Right. It's also the same part of your chart talks about creativity. Just enjoy the expansion of love and romance and creativity in your life at the moment. Okay. It's a nice placement. Yeah, it's a nice time at the moment. Excellent. And in regards to the obstacles, so your third question being what obstacles, both internal and external, do you need to be aware of to move forward with a full, balanced and happy life? You do have a bit of inner conflict going on, mm-hmm. which you, you're probably already aware of because it's inner conflict. Yes. The energies that are in conflict with each other are representing your values and your partner's values. So you and your partner can have different values. Does that make sense to you? Yes. Yes, it does. (laughs) So one of my values, and this is literally a conversation that I actually want to have this weekend. My values, I'm fairly organized. So I run a pretty tight calendar and I don't have a lot of time because I do have a lot of stuff going on career-wise at the moment. And he is a lot more freeform. That can create some frustration with me and particularly moving into the area of sort of having his daughter more that I think that there needs to be a bit more structure. That's kind of doing my head in at the moment that he'll just go, oh, like I assumed you were coming over tonight. No, you didn't communicate that. Oh, okay. Well, oh, well, I'll come over tomorrow night. And then tomorrow comes and he'll go, oh, look, how about we do dinner the night after? And because I've got caught up with this and it just, the planning that I have to do to make the night happen, it frustrates me. And he can see that. And he talks to people and says, you should see Louise's diary like it's insane. And she's so organized and the calendar's all together. And I wish I could be that organized. And I wish that I could be a bit more spontaneous. You know, last weekend we went away for one night and he just said, you know what, we're not going home. We're doing two nights. And it was the best thing ever and so refreshing. So I'm learning from him as well. But yeah, that is a conflict for me because it causes me anxiety when I don't have my week planned out and I know we're going to see each other this night. I'm working this night. I've got my washing to do this night so that everything gets done. Otherwise, I feel like it just all comes crashing down on me. So I'm going to say to you, try not let it frustrate you because you're actually playing into your natural talents as someone who was born in the sign of Capricorn and the moon in Virgo. Capricorn is all about structure. Absolutely, you do need structure in your life, but you're particularly skilled at creating structure in your life. And the moon in Virgo talks about routine. So that's the whole diary management thing going on. Mm. You are very structured. You like your routine. You probably are a list maker, a list writer, I would assume. Yes. These are your natural talents. So maybe enjoy that you're expressing your natural talents as opposed to being frustrated that not everyone has the same talents as you because mm. you have them for a reason. You've developed that skill set over your life due to certain experiences. You're actually expressing your identity when you do those things. Right. So what is your partner's? What's George Clooney's star sign? Aquarius. Okay. So Aquarius rules chaos. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) I'd agree with that. Mm -hmm. There's chaos around him. I would say he can also be quite innovative sometimes. Absolutely, yeah. But that's his energy. So he's expressing his identity when he's being chaotic and being inventive. So it is a matter of finding that happy place in between. Express who you are and he expresses who he is, but just try and not let the frustration get the better of you Mm. because you actually need to do those things. It's for you. Mm. 
Yeah, they do. <laughs> so it's sort of accepting that you are expressing the best parts of you when you do that. And he's letting you do that. Yeah. So maybe not have so much conflict about it, but just recognize that this is what you're good at. You'll just keep doing it and you'll work with his chaotic energy. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's good. I like that. In regards to other conflicts you've got going on, so you've got your moon, which is about your feelings. It's in conflict with your Mars, which is about your anger. So do you have feelings of anger that you have conflict about? Yeah, I do. With certain sort of certain situations that I have around my work with other people. And I'm not great at expressing anger. I'm not the sort of person who blows up. You internalize it, but do you write it out? I'm seeing internalized anger, but I'm also seeing the written words around it. Yes. So do you like, you write things Well, out? in actual fact, the last time that I was really, really angry about something, and I do find that confronting for me to actually sort of physically front that person and form my words, but I am a pretty talented writer. So I did email and say, these are my issues. That's exactly what happened the last time I was pretty angry. Yeah. I would say when you are really angry, writing out your feelings is a really good thing. Mm. It's a much better way for you to be articulate because your Mars represents anger mm. and your Mars was traveling backwards at the moment of your birth. So it wasn't expressing itself well. It doesn't express its anger well. It expresses its anger internally because it's retrograde. It's going in. That's how you express anger mm. internally. You internalize it. But it's in the sign of Gemini, which is words, yes. writing. That is a good way for you to address your obstacles around any anger you may feel is to write it out. Yeah. That's a good way for you to express that. That actually blows my mind because when I am angry, that is exactly how I do it. I write it. And that's a good expression of that energy that you don't go and blow up at someone. Yeah. You express it in a safer way and you think out what you're going to say to that person to address the issue. Yeah. So I would just encourage you to keep doing it because it's a nice expression of that energy. Because we all experience anger. We do. Yeah. But you express it in a way where you write it out. You work it out. You work out what the issue is. You work out where your anger lies before you actually then approach the person. I would just say just to be careful around internalizing your anger that it then doesn't cause health issues for you. Right. Makes sense. Yes. I guess they're the main things that jumped up for me around inner and external obstacles. You need to have a look at with that really strong Capricorn energy, the sun in Capricorn with Saturn right up there at the top of your chart and the most public place in the chart. Mm. That's talking about your career in the sign of Leo, which is about sharing your identity publicly, but also about being in show business and being on a stage. Just work out whether that brings you the happiness that you're looking for. Making sure that you're expressing that energy in a way that does bring you happiness, that it's not just about being seen, but looking at how you're being seen. Are you being seen where you're properly representing who you are? Yes. That you are properly representing your identity, but it's also feeding your identity in the right way, in mm. a healthy way as yeah. well. So it's not just about getting attention. No, no, no. It's certainly about, as you said, probably you hit the nail on the head when you said healing. If I just wanted the attention, I could still be dancing or singing or that would still put me on the stage. But I'm choosing to share my story because it makes an impact and can help people. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to diverge a little bit from your questions if I can, because I know in the bio that you sent through to me that you did talk about finding out that you were 
adopted. And of course, I wanted to have a look what was going on astrologically yes. at that time. Are you happy to have a little bit of a Absolutely. chat about that as such? Yeah. Yeah. No problem at all. Great. And also you had the health issue in 2016 as well. I had a bit of a look at that as well. You found out when you were 34 that you were adopted. Yes. Which is quite an old age to find out it that you were adopted. It certainly is. You said it happened to, it was when you were 34. So that was 2009. Is that right? No, it was 2000. And, so maybe I was a little bit older. So it was 2011 that I found out. So what was that? Mm, sorry, I've buggered you up there. That's right. <laughs> it was 2011 I found out. Do you remember the date that you found out by chance? Yeah. Or even the month? It was March. I want to say it was the 13th March. So let's have a look at that. 13th of March, 2011. I'm just going to quickly do calculations here just to make so sure. So that would have been 36, here. not 34. Yeah, okay. Yeah. You'll need to update your bio then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's interesting because it actually, it came through for you astrologically at age 34. Are you definitely sure it is 2011? Because, and I say that because there were a couple of things that came up for you astrologically. One is that's when you found out the reality of your family. And it's also when you went through a major transformation around your identity. Right. Complete death and rebirth around your identity. Mm. And that occurred in 2009. Doesn't fit. Well, okay. So here's the story. I did find out in 2011, I am sure of that. I did get the letter in 2011. But in 2009, I was working for a boss who took me under his wing and, and helped me a lot and believed in me and sort of said, you should be doing more than what you're doing and you could do my job and that sort of thing. But this one day I'd gone to him with a problem and I'd said, John, I'm not happy about this. And he looked at me and he looked me dead in the eye and he said, I know you think you're Anglo, but you're not Anglo. He said to me, you are going to find out that you are ethnic and that your parents are from Blacktown. And he said that to me in 2009. Wow. Yeah. And he was one of the first people I rang when I got the letter. I got a letter from my birth mother in 2011. Right. And I rang him and I went, you're not going to believe what I just got in the mail. And he went, I knew it. I told you. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And he was only a couple of suburbs off. Oh, okay. What was the suburb? So it was Port Kembla. So Blacktown's like right Western Sydney. I know Blacktown. I was born in Blacktown. There you go. Port Kembla's like Illawarra. But yeah, like very, very close. Of all the places he could have picked in Australia, it was very, very close. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. And that was definitely 2009. And is that when you started to think about your identity then, your family situation? Look, I did. And possibly unconsciously, because he picked out all of these things. He said, like your work ethic and the way that you use your hands and all that sort of stuff. You're not going to tell me you're Australian. You're not Australian. He said, you're Greek, you're Italian, you're Leb, you're something. And he was Greek and it ended up that I was Italian. And it had never really consciously occurred to me because it had just been my story for my whole life that my parents were from Northern England and they'd explained because I'm quite dark. Well, my hair is obviously not dark at the moment, but <laughs> naturally it is. And they had sort of explained that there was Welsh in the family and that sort of thing. I had no reason to believe that my reality wasn't my reality, but in the back of my head, I'm going, yeah, like I really identify with ethnic people and I can see that I look like one. And yes, I think unconsciously back then I started thinking, so it wasn't actually that much of a surprise when I got that letter, even though consciously there was absolutely no way that was ever going to happen to me. 
I never consciously had the thought, I'm going to find out that my parents aren't the people who actually gave birth to me. Yeah. Interesting. And how did your adoptive parents take to the letter out of curiosity from your biological mother? Look, in their defence, it was 1975 when I was born. So the adoption process actually happened through the government and that is now actually classed in with the stolen generation in terms of support for people. They call it forced adoption now. And it was, if anyone's seen Love Child, it was very similar to that. If a girl felt pregnant when they were a teenager or not married, they were sent away to institutions or in the case of my birth mother to a relative that wasn't in town. They had the baby, the baby was adopted into the state system and then they returned back to school like nothing happened. On the flip side of that though, the government advice was that you take the child and you integrate it into your family and there is no reason to tell them that they were adopted. And the government even reissued a birth certificate with my adoptive parents' names on it. There was no record available that I had parents anything different to who I'd grown up with. They were following the advice of what they'd been told through the adoption process and believed that they were doing the right thing. My dad and I are extremely close. So to him, I'm his daughter and that's Mm. it. My mum always sort of wanted me to know. And apparently I used to say a few things when I was a kid that led them to believe that on some level I knew. So mum was actually quite relieved when it came out. But obviously there's the challenges of, you know, I went off and I met my birth mother and met her family and I met my birth father. And that was like a scene out of Finding Ella Brandy and they're very ethnic and they do the cured meats. And it was, I loved it. It was like Mecca for me. I will eat salami for breakfast. So that's the (laughs) Italian coming out. It's interesting that you do say 2009, because I think that was the first time that that information actually hit me, that someone had actually said to me. I know this is what you think, but it's not actually what's going on here. Yeah, there is definitely something that hit you like a Mack truck Mm. in 2009 Mm. around your family. Yeah. So it's interesting because like you literally in your bio, you say age 34, therefore I backtracked to what year that was. It showed up astrologically, but now you say, no, it's 36, but you had that instance still in when you were 34. Mm. So that's quite interesting because I can see that had a major impact on you. Mm. And that was when... I think you started to see yourself differently. Like there is a complete transformation, death or rebirth around your identity in 2009. Mm. And that's passed by the time your biological mother has sent you the letter. Yeah. That has passed. You've kind of already integrated it before you actually were officially told the news. Yeah, it makes sense. That's very interesting. There you go. Wow. See, I would never have looked at 2009 except that age 34 was in your bio. So there's some sort of Freudian slip going on. I think it was Freudian. I think you're right. (laughs) Wow. And then you had your health issue in 2016. Yes. Do you remember the date around that? The operation was June 9th. And I believe that I found out it would have been around the end of March. It was actually discovered quite by accident. I had a funny turn at work and I went numb down one side. I was taken to the hospital and they actually scanned me because they wanted to make sure I wasn't having a stroke. And what it turned out to be was a thing called a migraine anomaly. So a migraine anomaly happens once in every 200 headaches and it presents like a stroke, but it's actually migraineous activity going on in the brain. I was actually having a migraine. It's quite weird when you have them because you don't have any pain with them either. So you don't associate it with being a migraine. 
then they scanned me and then quite by accident they found that I had two life-threatening aneurysms in wow. my brain. Mm. Well, thankfully they did find them, you know. They did. That's good news. Okay, interesting. So at that time, on the 9th of June, 2016, a couple of things. One is transiting Mars in the sky at that time. Mars rules surgery and it's actually traveling backwards. It's not actually expressing itself well. If you came to me and said, I'm looking at having an operation on this date, I would say, do not do it on that date. Wow. So the operation was successful. Is that right? Absolutely. It was. I was very, very lucky. Yeah. That's, that is good. And you've also got the planet Uranus, which we talked about being chaos before, mm-hmm. and it's things that create change. Uranus is also about shocks, things that shock you. And that's moving through the part of your chart representing health at that time. So there's a shock around the health, but it's sitting right on top of the placement that we refer to as Chiron, which is the wounded healer. It's about where you feel wounded, but then can go on to heal others. Mm. But your ability to heal others went through a change at that time because Uranus is also about change. Mm. Your Chiron energy at that time changed. There was a change around the wound that you carry, but also it can be a change towards then healing other people as well. And also like you've naturally got that moon in Virgo, so you do need to pay attention to your health because the moon is about our needs and Virgo is health. So you need to pay attention to your health. So just obviously stay on the case around monitoring your health not to say that there's anything coming up as such yeah it's just something that you need to keep an eye on and notice those clues that come up if you're not feeling something in your arm that was fantastic that you acted upon that but no that's the uranus and the sixth house around your health that there was a, a change and a shock at that time and funnily enough actually this is what it is mars in the sky at that time transiting mars being retrograde i would go no don't have an operation on that day But your natal Mars, the Mars in your birth chart was being activated and it was being activated by both the sun and Venus. The sun is kind of like where you're shining a torch. We're focusing on this right now. There's a very limited light. We're shining it right on top of your Mars on that day. Literally on the day of your operation, you've got the sun sitting right on top of Mars representing operations. But also you've got Venus there. Venus would have helped to protect you. Venus is about harmony. So there's harmony around the operation. Right. But that's just, obviously, that's a very quick look at what we're seeing there. But yeah, the Uranus was the change. There's a change around your health at that time, but it's also connected to your ability as a healer. Right. This plays a role in developing you as a healer through going through this health issue. Okay. Yeah, certainly does. Change, yeah. All right. I hope we were able to answer or give you some insights around your three questions. Absolutely. Yeah. And there was so much accuracy in what you picked up there. It's quite amazing. Fantastic. I always like to hear that. And the thing is, I'm only saying what I can see. This is the thing. And I'm interpreting symbols on a page. So I'm not always going to get it right every time. And there can be variances to what I'm saying as well, but I'm just saying what I can see. And ideally that connects with you and makes sense with you because the astrology energy always manifests in some way. Yeah. So we're exploring how it's manifest for you through exploring these three questions. So let's just recap your questions. Is the direction you've decided upon in your career the right one for both job satisfaction and prosperity? I think it is, but also in saying that, there's a couple of key elements playing out for you. There's that person that's on a stage, but then there's that person who also provides that healing to other people. And they can cross over. Yeah. This is the thing. But in regards to the prosperity side of things, you need to look at your own self-worth address your own self-worth because that's when you'll step more so into your prosperity. Stepping out of that poverty mindset, if that's the right terminology for it, 
and just go, no, I am of value and I deserve to be rewarded financially for what I bring to the table. Mm. And is getting married again on the cards? You've got some really nice marriage placements going on, some really nice relationship placements going on at the moment. I think there's lots of potential for a really lovely relationship at the moment that has the potential to progress to a marriage. No pressure on George Clooney on that one. (laughs) And what obstacles, both internal and external, do you need to be aware of to move forward with a full, balanced and happy life? It's just recognising that the conflict that you experience between your values and your partner's values, I guess being more accepting of those and recognising that you're both expressing who you are in your behaviours and in your values. And he's giving you an opportunity to flourish and express that sun in Capricorn and your moon in Virgo. You are actually getting to be who you are. So try and not let things like that upset you as such, but just go, you know what? I got this because this is who I am. I know how to do this. And just let him as the Aquarius be chaotic because that's what he's good at as well. (laughs) Love it. Yeah. And just recognising... I think your purpose in this lifetime is connected to helping other people with trauma around relationships. Right. I think it is connected to that because you've known it yourself. And I also think it's connected to, it's always connected to identity, but it's also connected to your self-worth and how you find your place in the world and how you find your identity through being on a stage Mm. and sharing who you are publicly. Love it. Yeah. Yeah, good. Well, thank you so much, Penny. I really, I really appreciate you doing this chart for me. It's absolutely mind-blowing and I've loved every minute of it and there's just been so many truth bombs in there. (laughs) I like that. Truth bombs. It's a good term. It is a great term. Yeah. The birth chart does tell the truth. If it's the correct birth details, it's telling the truth. And this is the thing. If someone provides incorrect birth details, it won't tell the truth of them because you don't have accurate details. If someone gives you accurate details, you have the full truth of that person right there on the page as represented through those astrological symbols. Well, I appreciate you coming along and joining me today. I'm pleased to hear that you got value out of it. I wish you the very best of luck with George Clooney. Thank you. Don't put pressure on him, of course, but enjoy the relationship because I can see it's a lovely one. Yes. And just explore your own value and express that publicly as my parting gift to you. Excellent. Thank you so much. You've been listening to The Stars Behind the Stars, which is the show that uses celebrity stories to demonstrate the real-world manifestation of the astrology energy. Subscribe to The Stars Behind the Stars in your podcast app to make sure you don't miss an episode.